Hello and sabay di. Broadcasting from the banks of the Mekong in Luang Prabang, this is Radio Okpapok. Welcome back, and if you're new here, we are the podcast that crisscrosses the globe, meeting pioneers and changemakers in folk art and travel. This podcast is brought to you by Okpapok, an artisan company founded by women, run by women, for the women of Laos. I'm Rachna Sachison, and I'm here with my co-host and co-founder of Okpapok, Joanna Smith. Joe, you want to take it away? Hello, everyone. I'm very excited today because we're off to Hanoi to talk with Tao Vu, a designer, artist, and eco-entrepreneur. Tao is a leader among a pioneering group of young designers who have made Hanoi an emerging creative hub of the fashion world. And I have to say, I really love this concept of eco-entrepreneur. And I find it incredibly fitting for Tao, who is the founder of Kilomet 109, which is a fashion brand that puts natural fibers, natural dyes, and traditional skills at the heart of their production process. Their every step is a true collaboration of village and urban craft. So if you're interested in travel, folk art, culture, and hearing the stories of innovative people who have taken the road less travel, then you've come to the right place. So, Rachna, shall we go to Hanoi? Yes, let's go. All right, all aboard, let's go. Sabaydi, Tao, welcome to Radio Akpap Talk. Hi, Rachna. Hey, Tao, it's Joe here. How are you today? Hi, Joe. I'm well. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's such an honor to have you on the show. So, Rachna, let's take it away. Um, so, Tao, when we spoke last week, um, you were about to jump on a bus and make the 10-hour trip to a small village in northern Vietnam in Khao Bang province. Can you paint for us what that journey looks like and what it's like to arrive in the village, how leaving Hanoi, the landscape changes, and what all of that looks like? <laughs> Wonderful question. It's a, it's a it's quite a long journey, but it's not 10 hours, eight hours by drive. <laughs> but coming from Hanoi, which is a very busy uh, city and quite flat, we, Hanoi is surrounded by rivers. So the, the name Hanoi means the city in the river. Uh, uh, each part of the trip is, is quite different in terms of landscape and also the, the architects. And also the, the colors changing. Uh, we passed through the outskirt of Hanoi um, factories and, 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 and it changing uh, slowly into more um, hill and mountainous area. And when we hit to Khao Bang, it's a very high, high mountain area. And also the, the color changing from uh, multiple color into only green. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's like also this season too, we have a lot of rain and the forest and the rice fields and uh, vegetable field, it's just so green everywhere. It's a very different in terms of that, but also the, the people you're seeing different too. Um, you know, people uh, dress uh, from uh, dressing like jeans and t-shirt in the city, Hanoi. We arrive in Kaobang, uh, which is where our Nungan uh, artisanly, um, they wear indigo. So yeah, it's it's just like uh, this. 
if you put in the slow motion movie, you see that it's quite different in each part of Vietnam on our road. Yeah, I imagine it being like, you know, kind of going from this bustling, dynamic city and just suddenly climbing up into the mountains, these indigo fields, rice fields, karst mountains that, you know, look like they're from another part of the world. So you're really entering like a different landscape. Yeah, and also inside you're feeling, you know, you feel like all the muscles and, you know, <laughs> kind of relaxed uh, along with that trip. You know, everything is slowing down and focus one thing. So it's, it's that transition is quite amazing every time I take the trip. Let's pause and I can tell you a little bit more about Tao's story. Finding ways to bridge old and new city life and village life has shaped her worldview since she was a young child. Tao grew up in Dong Hung, a small town in Thai Binh province in northeastern Vietnam. To the east is the Gulf of Tonkin and the world beyond. This region, like most coastal provinces in Vietnam, has been an important stop in the maritime spice trade dating back centuries. To the west is Hanoi, Vietnam's cultural and political capital. Beyond Hanoi, the landscape turns rugged and mountainous and is home to numerous ethnic communities who live close to the land. Tao's hometown is not much different from small towns across Vietnam. It's a two-kilometer strip flanked by shop houses and general stores. On the outskirts, the town gives way to rice paddies and cornfields and traditional communities and villages where silk weaving, natural dyeing, glass making continue to be made as they have been for centuries. The transition between these disparate landscapes, between land and water, town and village, is at once dramatic and seamless. Now Tao came of age just as post-war Vietnam was opening its borders to trade and tourism. As the country marched towards progress, it was also shedding its past. When Tao went to design school, she was curious about Vietnam's rich textile traditions. And she wanted to design from an ecological perspective, from seed to fabric. Neither heritage nor ecology were part of the curriculum. So Tao decided to teach herself. She started visiting Nung An and Mong communities in Northern Vietnam. Thai communities in the Central Highlands, and Khmer villages in the Mekong Delta. She developed connections that broadened her design perspective. Through collaborating with these artisans, she has created collections that do go from seed to fabric, from village to runway. Today, her collaboration with the communities continue, and every two months, Tao makes the journey out of Hanoi to the countryside. Just from your description, I can tell that you're very passionate about the environment. And I really love this concept of you being an eco-entrepreneur. Um, in my world, I meet a lot of social entrepreneurs, um, and I definitely think you fall into that bracket too. And many of us care deeply about the environment. And it's, but what I find interesting, it's such a huge undertaking to put this at the core of what you do, especially in the fashion world. I mentor um, a brand called Passapa, 
I don't know if you've heard of them, but they also work with natural dyes and natural fibers. And I know it's not easy to make clothing from hemp or hand-spun cotton, but you seem to have found the formula. So could you tell us a bit more about your commitment to the environment and the challenges that come with that? Uh, you know, eco-entrepreneur is, is quite a statement for me to, <laughs> to wear. Uh, I don't know who put that, but, you know, um, uh, what we're doing is it's, it's very much uh, involved with uh, what's around us. On that elements um, we're working with is from nature, uh, resources, and also this communities they 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 using their traditional method which exists for centuries you know we're using the waters there some water you have to protect that water not only for uh, using in our uh, craft making textile making but also for cooking for drinking and for many uh, community indigenous community they uh, they treat uh, the natural powers as a god, uh, you know, like certain kind of forests they call holy forest or holy river. So you you using them, but also you uh, respect them, protect them, and treat them well. Without uh, that healthy relationship, uh, we can't make uh, the move uh, which we are right now. Uh, and 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 the. The communities they have a very deep, um, uh, like local wisdom about this environment that they uh, they belong to, and 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 I uh, I was the one who come from city, and I'm I'm, I'm from design background, uh, so this is completely new. I learned so many angles uh, through the piece of court. Incredible. I have to say, I think that what you just described is one of the things that um, we all, that I also feel very privileged um, to work in local communities like yourself and see this connection to nature and the indigenous knowledge that is passed down generation to generation and how people are really able to like live off the land. You know, when I was um, researching Kilomet 109, um, I read something that really resonated with me, which is when you understand the process of making, you want to treat the garment much better. And the value really comes from understanding how things are made. And the reason I love this philosophy is, well, one, it's kind of behind um, the approach at our Living Craft Centre, which you just told me you visited. Um, but um, maybe you can just tell me how you put this philosophy into practice with Kilomet 109. My label, Kilomet 109, is on about uh, storytelling and value sharing. Um, creating fashion from uh, ground up uh, allows me to see every step of making a garment, uh, and I want to share that privilege, as you said, with our customers, um, you know, either via photo, uh, videos, uh, and we share quite often through social media, website, uh, talks, exhibition, fashion shows, uh, textile and design conference uh, in within Vietnam and internationally too. We want our customers 
and our audience uh, to travel with us uh, through the uh, design uh, process uh, to have them to see uh, like uh, how the ebony fruit tree was planted, how to extract the dye pigments from it, and how to dye the piece of cloth with it, and how the uh, local community live and practice their traditions, and 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 uh, who they are as individuals, as a community, uh, where they live, and what are there in the nature and also in their living spaces. I feel like by doing that, um, I can uh, provide more information about our products and at the same time, like educate them to learn uh, more about uh, cultural diversity, new community, new craft, uh, new traditions, new people, new place. Uh, and 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 uh, that also have them to appreciate uh, and value what we are trying to do. I'm interested. So ma mainly, your customers are Vietnamese or international clientele? Uh, both. Um, <clears throat> about sixty percent international and forty percent. Vietnamese, uh, I mean the, the, the people who purchase our products, but people who support what we're doing, I think uh, equally 50-50, um, because our product is quite um, higher for the average uh, income rate for Vietnamese. So many Vietnamese, they love our products and they want to, uh, to, to, to buy our products and to wear our products. But, you know, sometimes, uh, especially students, young students, uh, they don't have that kind of money yet uh, to purchase, but they support us spiritually. <laughs> That's brilliant. I mean, I'm, in my research, I noticed that you have a lot of press coverage from like the New York Times. I mean, that's incredible. And then looking at your website and seeing the designs there, it, to me, it's a real mix of traditional Vietnamese meets like this sort of Japanese, um, you know, free flow of fabric. Um, and then obviously with the Talvu twist. One of the things we love about Tao is her collaborative spirit. Her work reflects creative life in Hanoi, in the countryside, and the world. It is truly cosmopolitan and rooted in a sense of place. Next, you'll hear Tao talking about why collaboration is so important. This dynamic approach is what drives her vision. She says that she's not the first person to find inspiration in heritage. What sets her apart from others is that she opens the channel both ways, leading to real dialogue. Tradition itself contains the modern mentality, she says. This insight is profound and is worth contemplating. Let's hear Tao explain. We collaborate uh, with artisan communities and, and artists in own field, you know, photographers, uh, designers, um, researchers, educators, uh, activists. Uh, and it's a very creative, uh, process but also it's a very collaborative process and and to be able to to push this um, 
you know, using own traditional method and 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 uh, heritage uh, textile and all of that. Um, I'm not the first one. Uh, there's many many people already done that for a long time ago. Uh, but I think is the lack of contemporary, the modernized uh, element um, from that uh, previous work that other designer already done. And unfortunate because uh, we need to to see uh, our tradition in the in the modern world and 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 kind of transform it or modernize it uh, so it it relevant to our lives at the moment uh, because uh, I don't know in Laos or, or other in UK Joe uh, or in the US uh, but in Vietnam uh, people Vietnamese very often to see tradition is uh, belong to you know, belong to ancestors, and it's out of date. Uh, it's old-fashioned, you know, and 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 it's not contemporary enough. So that is a very wrong way of seeing our traditional craft. Uh, and and traditional craft itself, uh, it's contained the modern um, mentality, and 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 also it's including on the scientific. Uh, concept into that, like natural dyeing. It's it's you know if you go into more botanical, um, uh, you know you go deep into that field, you can see other uh, only like you know you're working with chemistry and you're working with um, plants and you know natural resources and all of this. It's it's have a modern uh, element into it, but you know for so long we look at tradition in. In a, 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 an, a, an umbrella of, of the old, you know, it presents all, uh, but it's not. Um, but you know, you you need uh, people working in the contemporary field to to kind of uh, team up with you uh, to picture this um, uh, traditional heritage. Um, in, in more in full and I can't be alone to do that because uh, you know you can't you, you need um, the whole society to work with you on this direction uh, through the um, the designer and the creative community in the city on the, across Vietnam also international uh, internationally too to have the artisans see their own tradition in completely new eyes Tao, I love this perspective, and I think you've totally nailed it, that it's a, a multi-level, multifaceted formula of design, um, you know, everything from, like, the typography to your design to working with your uh, fashion designers, um, and then, you know, the extra level is to get the artisans on board and bring in that heritage and the tradition but it's all tied together by someone like you who has this vision um, and before before starting Kilomet 109 I believe you were a journalist is that right I was yes and so how did you how did you switch how did you start Kilomet 109 what was the what was that light bulb moment or I mean I'm just curious how it all started uh, I worked for a few different magazines and newspapers, and and through that job, um, 
I have to say that I uh, kind of um, develop uh, further um, the love that the first love that I have uh, that I had with textile uh, when I was uh, little. Uh, so I connect with uh, the craft communities, artisans and makers, masters. You know, shifting from that job to design, I think it's it's not it's like a continuing. I explore myself in the kind of new form uh, through you know from writing to designing. I think it's the same thing. Uh, designing is uh, another way. I would say another way of writing uh, through um, garments and through designs. Beautiful. Do you do you think you design? for yourself or you design for other people? Uh, both, absolutely both. I feel more comfortable, uh, putting that this way. I feel more comfortable and more, uh, I feel good when I uh, selling um, things that I'm pleased with. Because you, you learn about this garment by heart. So you, it's so easy for you to talk about it and to be able to, you know, and through that, you convince people, like, you know, to believe uh, in the value that um, you want to create from the, the products. Uh, Sometimes I create from, uh, I, I make, I design the garment uh, through the lens of, of uh, customers, through the lens of artisan, or, you know, or the people that I collaborate with, um, either dancers or um, other designers. It's, uh, for example, uh, through the uh, artisan costume, which I love and I'm a big collector. So I have a whole room at my home uh, full of textile and, and costume <laughs> from all over Vietnam. And, and I design um, through the need of the community that they've been sharing with me, like, oh, I, I don't want this guy. To, I don't want to wear this garment anymore because the the pleats got it too heavy and it's not comfortable to work on the field. Uh, or I need more pockets into, you know, uh, on my um, costume because I need to uh, bring to carry some tools with me. Uh, or sometimes they want to put the phone, you know, uh, when they're working on the on the field because. On the artisan now, they have a, uh, they also have smartphones with, <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, also by talking with them, uh, by a word of mouth, uh, I see that kind of uh, element that inspire me to uh, go home and then okay, you know, I I come up with this uh, idea of the the coat or jacket, and I remember that uh, conversation with an about the pockets and then I say I try to find a place to uh, to put the pockets in uh, so it's make it more functioning and more practical um, and yeah it, it's come from everywhere and it's come from me from uh, artisan and come, come from the people I'm working with yes is there a is there a piece in your collection that you're particularly proud of that you like love more than another or I, and not your personal collection, but I mean the pieces that you've designed, sorry. Yes, there are a few. From the seed collections, which is the first 
uh, I claim it as a sustainable fashion collection. Uh, we launched that collection in 2014, and I uh, received a uh, design award from British Council. Uh, and that collection, we work with only Nungan community. So we, we plan our own cotton and weave. Uh, by our woven by ourselves and then natural dye and that collection we have uh, a few pieces three pieces i it's came up for me uh for, for me now um one is the cape jacket so if you uh, have a time to look at our website and go to the seed collections lookbook uh you can find this piece i know sorry to interrupt i know exactly the piece you're talking about i love it Okay, so that cape jacket is, you know, when I designed it, I did a, a heavy research on workwear um, and, uh, you know, come from UK and also workwear from, from Vietnam too. And then um, I, uh, back then I also just knew this community for four years and a half and, and uh, Nungan traditional costume, beautiful. It's very subtle from outside, uh, indigo, completely, uh, but the inside, the, the garment construction is very sophisticated and very fine made uh, with embryo uh, details and on the seam is, is a binding seams with, with hand stitch completely, the whole garment hand stitch, but their hand stitch is so refined and it's so tiny and they, they're using tiny needles called needle eight. I don't know if you know about the sizing of needles, uh, but that needle is uh, it's designed specifically for embroidery in Vietnam, and it's very short and it's very thin, um, <clears throat> and it's allowed the Nungan women to to be able to hand stitch uh, the entire garment, uh, but the changing color of the thread for each part. The outside is very only indigo, but the inside is combining uh, different fabrics and different textile. It have a stripes. It have a, a lighter sky blue indigo and dark blue, uh, dark blue and embroidery with uh, fuchsia pink, with uh, lime green and and um, lemon yellow. So it's it's the color is so different from outside, and it's so when finished. Uh, and I, that detail is stay with me, you know, the, during the four years and a half, I built up that collection with them. And I, I really want to bring that detail into my garment. So in the cape jacket, it's a very contemporary, um, piece, but the inside on the seam, I have repeated this, uh, detail from the Nungan traditional costumes. And you have to, to wear it. You have to, you know, see it. Uh, in person to be able to, to see all of those details. Uh, but yes, uh, you know, the, the traditional costume, it's, it have a, a lot of, of things that you can apply to modern designs. Sounds beautiful, Rachna, right? Yeah, like I'm sort of itching to go to my computer and look at it again. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm sure Rachna just went off to buy it, actually. <laughs> it's just hit like return on her credit card number. <laughs> exactly why I'm, you know, one month away from destitution because every two minutes I'm buying some amazing artisan craft thing because I just can't get over how 
beautiful it is, but like also how good it makes me feel <laughs> and, you know, to support people like you and, and everybody doing this kind of work. But it's just mostly it's just like gorgeous. Yeah. They really are. They really are. And then, and not just the detail, but some kind of shapes is very modern shape too. Um, Tao, can I just ask you something? Did yeah. we did we just hear the sounds of the famous uh, Hanoi traffic in the background? Oh yes, yes, you do. Brilliant! I love it. That's like the iconic sound of Vietnam. No, it is <laughs> motorcycle honking. Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, it's interesting to hear the sounds of the motorbikes in the background, that iconic sound of Hanoi. And in Vietnam, Hanoi is considered the creative hub. Tao, do you want to tell us a little bit more about the creative energy there? Yes. In the past 10 years, Hanoi, very, uh, the Hanoi been changing a lot. Um, galleries are open and uh, creative uh, space uh, where the people can learn and create it and design. Uh, and also more schools and university and college, uh, you know, and, and many new design studios, studios kind of open pretty much every month, I must say. Uh, new, like, coffee place and, and food place, uh, restaurants, and uh, Hanoi become it's, it's, it's more complex uh, by years. It's a very big city, um, and you see people from uh, different parts of Vietnam, you know, listening different accents, uh, and people dress quite um, differently as well. Um, uh, but it's, it's, it's a city of village too. So you can you still can find like you know one corners um, a family uh, making good stems and uh, another corner uh, you know another family or like the entire uh, street making silver smith uh, so jewelry and and and, and silver um, products uh, and another one is doing weaving basket weaving or blacksmith uh, or like weaving bird cage. Uh, so, so Hanoi, it's it's it, it's a city for design, uh, for 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 new idea, but also it's it's been maintaining as a village of craftsmanship. Actually, the way that you were just describing Hanoi, then I was just remembering my last trip there and going to the Museum of Ethnology, which is like such an homage to the fifty-four ethnic groups in Vietnam, but it's also so inspiring. And I can see where you get now like the the ideas for your for your unique clothing from. Uh, yeah, museum is quite accessible in, in Hanoi, which is amazing. We began this episode with Tao describing the journey from Hanoi to Kaobang. If you're like me, listening to Tao made me want to explore Hanoi's old quarter its French colonial architecture painted in shades of ochre and turmeric yellow. And of course, I dream of making a similar drive into the hills, watching the landscape evolve, leaving behind Hanoi's busy streets and entering a countryside lush and vibrant with high karst mountains, indigo fields and rice paddies. Fortunately for all of us who are eager to experience this, 
Tao collaborates with an organization called Vacation with an Artist, a creative travel company that links travelers with working artists. It's a great way to experience craft and culture. Let's hear a bit more. Tao, I love the way that you describe the journey outside of Hanoi and how the outskirts start to give way to this beautiful mountainous green landscape. And then you arrive in some of the villages that you work with. Is it possible for us as tourists to come to these villages and how does that happen? I've been collaborating with uh, one uh, platform uh, from New York named VAWA. It's a short term of vacation with an artist. It's a mini apprenticeship. The guests can learn from everything involved with the textile making, uh, from how to drop indigo seeds uh, into soil to harvest them, then extract dye pigments and, and then dye the fabric with it. Uh, you know, it's, it's up to you, it's up to the guests to decide which part they want to focus on or learn uh, further. Uh, some is prefer to spend more time uh, discovering the diversity of, of the local botanical plants uh, and why others want to go deeper into hand weaving uh, or experimenting with new fibers or textures. Uh, it's it's very intimate, bespoke uh, apprenticeship uh, with 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 the craft artisan and contemporary designer me. <laughs> We've been doing that for five years uh, now, and people coming from all over the world, from UK, from US, from Singapore, from Hong Kong, from Philippines. Uh, yeah, from everywhere. So they participate in, in, in the trip. Personally, and I, I know Rachna is going to agree with me, but I love the sound. That's like the ideal way to travel, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm already figuring out a way to go there. Thank you. Sorry, Tao, I want to learn all of it, all the different steps. I want to be your apprentice. <laughs> I'm glad you like it. Well, I can see all of us, and me too. If I go to Lung Prabang and visit you guys, I would love to take the some textile tour or workshop there for sure. You know, Tao, we should talk about doing a collaboration, maybe. We should. Yeah, tell me about that. You know, if you come up with some ideas, I'm open to that. Absolutely. Excellent. Okay, well, Tao, thank you so much for joining us today on Radio Opopdoc. It's been a pleasure to finally meet you. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's wonderful to share my story with you two and with Opopdoc audience. So this brings us to the end of another episode, another great conversation. And at the beginning, we talked about this collaboration between village and urban craft. And listening to her talk, it was just, it was really impressive how she managed to weave all these different um, segments of the creative world. And I also really loved hearing her say that, you know, design and fashion is just a continuation of her writing, which is really about communicating, you know, it's, it's how is she communicating her passion, you know, whether it's through words or through clothing or through taking people out into the village and showing them how things are done. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And I think actually 
well, I think Tao shows us how she truly is an innovator and a pioneer, no, through her, through her vision. So thank you again for listening. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and families. Your support means so much to Rachna and I and to OpopDoc as a whole. I'm one of the co-founders of OpopDoc and I've been living and working in Laos for over 20 years. The name means East meets West and our philosophy has always been to encourage collaboration, conversation and to exchange ideas. Drawing inspiration from old and from new, from places far and near, is the way that we work. And Radio Opoktok is really an extension of that philosophy. Like Tao, we use natural dyes and fabrics, and she's inspired us to be even more creative and diligent in collaborating holistically and sustainably. So also take a look at our website to learn more and to browse our online shop to see what our incredible weavers have been making on the loom. See you next time. Bye.